Welcome to another edition of Hawk Off the Press after the final score. I'm John Steppe, joined by the one and only, my class, after Iowa's 27-14 loss to number four Michigan. So overall, there were some bright spots for Iowa, but at the end of the day, you have to play a pretty close to perfect game to beat the number four team in the country. And what we saw today was certainly not close to perfect by any means. Yeah, John, I don't think there were any bright spots. I mean, they were 10.5-point underdogs, and you knew that they were going to have to play you know, their best game without question to win. But what did they do to give themselves a chance to win it? I mean, Michigan was ahead 7 to nothing before Iowa touched the ball. Yeah. And yet the defense wasn't terrible by any stretch. It was the kind of defensive performance overall that should get you a win when you hold the number four team in the country to 320 yards. But again, the offense was mediocre at best. And yeah, they, I mean, they had their moments in the second half, but I think a play that typified the game in the season so far was fourth and two at the Michigan six. You're down 20 to seven. If you punch it in, it's a one score game and you got plenty of time to win it. Uh, They get offensive pass interference called and it didn't matter because it was declined. Why? Because Iowa completed a pass for one yard. You really can't make this stuff up. No. And so, okay, that's your Iowa offense. It did a great job driving to the six, but uh, it takes a little more than that. The score is deceiving. Michigan uh, scored to make it 27 to seven after that. Played its prevent defense. Iowa scores a touchdown in garbage time late in the game. Didn't matter. Um, They had their moment, the big stage, and they uh, were the props for Michigan, which is, you know, still unbeaten, still ranked fourth, and on its way to the next thing. Well, got a lot of great questions from our text message subscribers. You can join the group for free at joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. So Sam asks, is there hope for the offensive line? And my sense is, okay, you're going to see step-by-step improvements of this position group, but this isn't a Joe Moore Award winning group by any means. You've still got a lot of questions. And some of the flags that were on their part, you can question, but... Even when you take out the penalties from the conversation, I think it's one and a half yards per carry. Of course, the sacks influence that heavily, but that's not enough to play winning football the way that Iowa likes to play. No, until their last possession when the game was 27 to 7, they had 221 yards and seven points. You know, uh, the. As uh, Beretta used to say, that's the name of that tune, (laughs) you know. And that was the name of that tune. Uh, Their 281 yards is inflation. Yeah. That was a 220-yard game, you know, which puts, you know, they might have crawled out of last place in the nation in total offense. If they do, they do it barely. Well, you know, we're five games in. It's, It's tedious and it's tiresome. And I know they're playing a great defense. I know they're playing a, an excellent team. I was impressed with Michigan. Yeah. Michigan played better than I thought it would here. Yeah. Uh, I thought the quarterback would have more trouble. 
in this environment. It was their first road game. He was great. Uh, I, I didn't think the offensive line could do what it do to, to establish the running game against Iowa like it did to the high school teams it played the first three weeks of the season. But it did. You know, for the most part, Iowa's defense did settle down and make things harder, but Corum got his buck 30 or whatever, and uh, he was great. He was just great. So uh, give Michigan a lot of credit. They, are, yeah. they were what they were billed to be and then more. Iowa didn't rise to the occasion. No. And one question from Eric is about George Barnett's job security, considering the past two years of offensive line issues. And I think sometimes it's easy to point to one person as the, okay, this is the problem is this coach. Mm -hmm. But you look at it and take a look at who he's been having to work with. And these aren't kids yet that... Well, some of them are kids that he's recruited, which tells you just how young this position group is, where he hasn't had many juniors or seniors to work with. And the juniors and seniors that he has had to work with, Jack Plum is just not going to be your next Tristan Wirfs. Like, yeah. So that's just the nature of it, is he's not had a lot to work with. He hasn't inherited a lot. Yeah, it's it's a staff thing. I mean, they they had whiffs in the 2018 and 2019 recruiting classes on the offensive line. Yeah. And they're paying for it in 2022. Yeah, so George Barnett is the unfortunate person who gets to yeah, inherit except, that. except, you know, last year... The, the progress wasn't there until the bowl game when they had a yeah. month between games or three weeks, whatever it was. Uh, and so far this year, the progress has been incremental at best. So, you know, I think it's a reasonable question. Yeah. Well, then a couple of questions about the officiating. A um, couple versions of it. One, were they in on a rig job? Another, how does the Big Ten evaluate job performance? Yeah, and how yeah, did they yeah, 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 yeah. The game was rigged. The game was rigged. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> it uh, was... Iowa would have lost that even if those three calls you know, didn't I, happen. I, I see where Iowa has, you know, excellent points and legitimate beefs. Okay. But did that get them beat? Ultimately, no. And, and yeah, it made the boulder harder to push uphill. But you got to play around it, you know? And they didn't. Yeah. Also, a couple different questions about Spencer Petrus. And you look at it, and I think a lot of people are kind of noticing what seems to be a regression from him. But I don't think the issue right now is Petrus. He obviously screwed up on that fourth and two play. Well, it didn't matter, you know, with the offensive pass interference. Yeah. It, it, it was just odd. Yeah. Uh, and he missed some throws, but at the end of the day, he, he had 21 nice, for 31. Yeah, I thought he had some nice throws. Uh, and, you know, he, he got sacked four times and, and uh, pressured a, a lot more. Uh you, you put a vintage offensive line in front of him today, and I think you have yourself quite a finish. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they don't have that. No, that is abundantly clear. You know, it might have been his best game, I don't know, uh, this season. 
Stat-wise, you'd probably say it is, but yeah, sacks don't but, tell the uh, whole story. But, you know, the the quarterback who was the big playmaker in this game was Michigan's. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy, 18 for 28, one touchdown, 155 yards. You saw one winning offense out there today, and it was Michigan's. Yeah, and what this does is take air out of the balloon because... I mean, I don't care what the Big Ten West standings are. They're 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 a big pile of goofy. <laughs> but I, it's who cares? I mean, I think probably six and three will win the division if anybody can get to six and three. Yeah. And Iowa's got as good a chance as anybody. But right now, at this moment in time, does anybody really care? Right now, it's not a great feeling whether you're in Iowa City after this loss, whether you're in Madison with right. that big I mean, loss to whoever Illinois. Whoever the West champ is is going to go to Indianapolis and, and, and get hurt. So, you know, great. It's, it's like being in, in uh, European soccer and, and let's try and win the, uh, the second league and, <laughs> and then go play the champion of the, of the Premier League and get violently defeated. (laughs) Well, that's the state of things, and you can't overlook this Illinois team that they have up next, considering what Illinois did with only two rushing yards allowed to Wisconsin. I I did not know that. I saw the score. I haven't had the time yet to pour over these things. But, yeah, they went up there and dominated them. And uh, Mr. Brett Bielema will probably be looking forward to trying to compete against the Iowa Hawkeyes? Especially considering the Tiger Hawk tattoo that he has. Yeah, well, he says, be proud of where you're from. Uh, but right now, I think that Illinois is a little prouder of, of where it is uh, than Iowa. And so the Hawkeyes, I mean, they can, hey, next week's a new week. They can go to the Champagne and shut those guys down. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting because I, I think, and you wouldn't have believed this six weeks ago, I think Iowa was going to be the underdog in that game. Yeah, if you would have told me that six weeks ago, if you would have told me that even four weeks ago, even after the South Dakota State game, yeah. I don't think I would have believed no, you. No, no, but that whatever they did at Madison today is, is an eye-opener. And uh, so it should be, uh, there'll be some meat on the bone story-wise in the week ahead, but... Uh, what kind of football it turns out to be, we'll, we'll discuss it a week from tonight. Yes, and thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'll be back with another edition of Hawk Off the Press during the week. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.